to talk rands and cents and this week we're looking at the tax implications of transferring property into a trust maybe you've thought about putting uh, some assets in a trust but you're not sure how it's going to work we are joined by our resident um, certified financial planner Paul Ruliff, sir. and of course you can give us a call right now on 011 883 702 send us your sms's on 31702 or your WhatsApp, so 072-702-1702. Paul, as always, it's great to have you on the show. A very good morning to you. Hi, hi, Gugu. Yes, and this is such an, an interesting topic because, you know, trusts have always been that sort of thing that we hear about. Some people own them, some don't. Some would like to own them. Mm. And, um, you know, when I take it back to the... It, it was a fashionable thing many years ago, you know, to have a trust. Kind of gave you a status symbol, didn't it? Yes. Uh, you would, you know, give you bragging rights around the, the bri or the, the dinner party. Yes, because uh, we think of trust fund trust. babies, um, <laughs> and you know that that's how the wealthy yes. uh, invest their money or manage mm. their, their money. They put it in a trust fund and then they give it to their kids. Yes. yes. So there's a lot of mythology <laughs> around trusts. <laughs> Very much so, and and you know, um, let's dispel the myth um, because again, it it's not what it seems, um, and I don't think it suits everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some very specific reasons why. Um, but just to lay it down, a trust really is its own entity. It's 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 um, it owns the property within the entity. It's set it's set up by some trustees through a founder. A person decides I'm going to relinquish all my my. Um, my capital, my property, my properties, and set up a trust. Let's call it a family trust in this instance. And then you you set up a trust deed, um, which outlines certain conditions on how those assets will be managed, and to whom the beneficiaries, um, uh, how the beneficiaries will be uh, awarded. And um, it's a very specific document, which is a point of reference at any point in time in terms of of how the trustees will will manage things. And you've got to have trustees too and, and very reliable ones too because there's a there's a very um, big responsibility and obligation for trustees to make sure that the assets are managed according to that trust deed. So it, it's not just a nonchalant little piece of paper that you tuck away in the corner and, you know, suddenly now you have a trust. It's, it, it comes with a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, financials have to be prepared for them. Uh, tax returns have to be prepared for them. And they're all cross-checked and audited through SARS. And uh, you must make sure that, you know, it's done on time all the time um, because it has, as I say, that tax obligation as well. But given that, um, once the the entity is set up, um, it now protects the assets that are inside. And I think this is the big, big um, benefit or value proposition about a trust Mm -hmm. is that everything inside the trust has a perpetual longevity, so to speak. Um, If you had the, if you have your own estate, when you die, the property is wound up inside the estate. So your house, for example, if it's in your name when you die as an individual, the house has to be transferred. It has to be um, given to another person that you might bequeath it to or sold for that matter. Inside a trust, when the person dies, the trust is perpetual. It carries on. There's, There's no interference in terms of 
how the assets are disposed. So it gives you that longevity, longevity, which is the big, big thing is asset protection as well, because you can't access it. If I go into any form of insolvency, I owe creditors things and the, the sheriff knocks on my door to attach goods to pay back the creditors. A trust um, avoids all of, all of that. I mm-hmm. don't own it. It belongs to the trust. Therefore, the property is protected away from my estate. What uh, legal responsibilities do the trustees have? Because while, you know, the trust is its own, I guess, thing, uh, it owns the assets. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine that the trustees have some kind of responsibility. You were saying, you you know, they are responsibilities, obligations with regards to tax returns, um, complying Mm -hmm. with SARS. Are there any other responsibilities of a trustee? So if you then sign on as a trustee, uh, what are you then responsible for? Well, again, it comes back to the management of those those assets in the trust in favour of the beneficiaries. And this is where uh, the trustees have a, a, an obligation to those beneficiaries. It can be argued that they might not be competent enough and or not managing those those assets according to the beneficiary's expectations, you know, aligned with the trust as well. And it can be a conflict where the beneficiaries challenge the, the trustees um, in terms of how they are managing the, the assets for the future. So it, it comes with that and, um, you know, it can get into some kind of legal wrangle sometimes too where beneficiaries actually, you know, contest what, uh, what the decisions of the trustees have been and that puts the that exposes the trustees to some legal recourse as well but uh, generally speaking um the trustees will look at this mandate this this outline of the of the of the trustee and manage it accordingly um, and so they're responsible for the growth of the assets, the protection of how they are managed. You know, if you've got properties, obviously they want to be maintained. They've got to be very much on the ball in terms of keeping the property values right in the right direction. They can't neglect things. They've got they've got a, a, a diligence to 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 perform all the time. So it comes with some PT. You know, there's one there's one good thing, one important thing. Sorry that that should be noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, trustees cannot. No one trustee can be seen to be in control. Um, so we might have had someone who's decided to start a fa- family trust. He puts himself on as a trustee. Um, technically, you should have two or more trustees thereafter because what SARS would particularly like to see is that whatever decisions are made, it's not made from one party. It's made you know, across the board. And three or more trustees gives SARS a far better confidence that we're not just managing as if the individual still owns and controls the property. And uh, in the instance where you then, for instance, purchase a property and it is a property owned by the trust um, with, with uh, individual purposes, there's um, a pur- purchases, there's often capital capital gains tax. Does it apply with property under trust? Oh, very much so. Now, the first thing too is when you when you decide perhaps to set up a trust and you've got your house and you'd like to put it into the trust as an asset protection, um, you've got capital gains to consider in, in your own personal capacity now because you've got to sell the property um, and then transfer it across to the new entity, which is now the trust. That that just, that triggers a, a capital gains um, 
event and there's capital gains to consider there. You've also got then transfer across means more transfer duties that the trust will have now have to pay. So it comes with costs just to do that transaction. But more to your point, inside the trust, whenever there's a disposal um, of an asset, the trust it's, it's, uh, it also pays capital gains tax, but at the highest level. Um, trusts, the one big downside is that trusts pay the highest rate of tax in, in, in South Africa. We, um, we pay a, a rate of 45% flat right across the board, which means that you generally pay a higher uh, capital gains tax. And you don't get any exemptions. Uh, you know, in, as an individual, if you dispose of a property, if it's your primary residence, you get up to 2 million rand off the capital gain before you pay tax. Mm-hmm. The trust doesn't doesn't get that. So, so that begs the question of how effective is it to have my house in a trust versus still keep it in my own personal name. Mm-hmm. And then the trust also doesn't get things like exemptions on interest. If it's got an interest-bearing account, you know, we all get a, an amount off before we pay tax on our interest. Um, and we don't, trusts don't get that inclusion rate for capital gains of 40,000 either. Mm-hmm. So trusts are very, very punished in terms of, of, um, of tax, the highest rate of tax is applied without any exemptions or inclusions. Yeah, um, Joanna on uh, WhatsApp is asking: Is a trust a good idea for managing a holiday home which is currently owned by four elderly siblings jointly? There are eight grandchildren who would currently inherit the property. That's from Joe. Well, that sounds pretty pretty complicated um, storyboard to unwind, you know. And I wouldn't like to say it. There's one answer to it. I think we've got to uncover a lot of circumstances around that particular case. But there are complications there because, you know, one property, um, if it's a holiday home, yes, it's protected now with, you know, for the, the future of the family. And I think that's the one good thing. There's going to be that perpetual storyboard uh, where if it was owned by, say, the one family member and he or she passed, um, it, it would be an estate going to their estate and you'd have that capital gains event. But uh, it, the one upside would be that you've got this continuity of that holiday home going through. But uh, where it becomes pretty complicated, having so many beneficiaries now um, you know, listed in that trust deed and the management and control of that particular trust just for that one little, that one property, um, the the cost benefit of running it might not be that that useful. So one would have to look at, look carefully at what's the costs, what are the you know the 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 um, the um, obligations of running that trust for that one property. If you're going to build up other properties, you know it might justify it. But I'm just saying that it could be pretty. Um, pretty tedious to have all that administration around the trust just simply for one holiday home. There might be more simple uh, um, solutions to that. So not necessarily, but a trust is one of the entities to to consider in that project and certainly needs uh, a lot more homework. Mm. Uh, Paul, we've received a question about uh, vehicle financing and the difference between prime plus and prime minus and just some of the, you know, the nitty gritties of getting into vehicle finance. And mm. I think that could be a question for another one of our conversations. Um, oh, super, no, so super. we'll get that question to you and we'll, we'll pick it up for another time. Oh, great stuff. I would, I'd like, like to do that, you know, especially in the, in the, so the frame right now that we're in, are, are interest rates moving up? Are they 
settling or they're coming down. Mm-hmm. And there are various options in, 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 in the vehicle industry which, in terms of financing, which uh, allude to, you know, it's a good value proposition. But when you dig into the, the details, sometimes the other options are better. But let's have a look at that. Only a pleasure. I'm onto it. Paul, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Google. Great chatting to you. Thank you so much. That are, that's our resident certified financial planner, Paul Ruler. So that question on uh, the interest rates on vehicle financing, we will definitely pick up in one of our upcoming personal finance conversations.